Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the New Media Show. My name is Todd Cochran. Of course, I want to welcome my co-host, Mr. Rob Greenlee. Good morning, Rob. Good morning, Todd. It's How great are? to be back doing the show. It's yeah. always always good. If it's Saturday morning, it's uh, the New Media Show. It's the old saying. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, you know, I had some problems on my uh, last podcast. Every time I did, well, let me show you. Every time I did uh, this the screen was split in half and um <laughs> everything's working now so but i got up early this morning extra early to make sure all things were in order so we are it's all fixed it's, well it's a new profile i don't know if it's all fixed i think it's time to send it in for repair but uh that's a whole nother story but wow um i don't know about you rob but my phone okay so last year got back from CES and immediately my phone started exploding. Well, it was a little delayed this week. I don't know what you're seeing, but this last week, I mean, I, I think I logged 80 some calls last week. I mean, it was insane. The number of people calling companies. Are you guys seeing that? Uh, they kind of like, you know, we want to talk. <laughs> Oh, about, I mean, so are these calls about podcasting? Yeah, yes, podcasting calls, yeah. Oh, yeah, I mean, I mean, we get a steady flow of people. I mean, I think we're maybe uh, more focused on the individual um, podcaster. Right. So right. I think Spreaker is currently at this point is is really a platform for an, for an individual podcaster and not always the larger companies right. think of Spreaker as a platform. Yeah. So. So I think, I mean, that's certainly a direction that we want to move towards is being more, more appealing to that yeah. um, segment of the market. But, but yeah, I'm, I'm not necessarily seeing a lot of big companies. You know, know, I think probably you guys are in a little different position because you guys cater to WordPress. Um, yeah, and, and, we, and, and of course, we've got our network generator platform too. But you know, what, mm -hmm. what surprises me in at least – Two of the calls with significantly big like companies that you would like, oh yeah, I know them. Um, yeah. discussions with them. They you know, it used to be I have to do a lot of education where we'd spend the first hour on the phone just like going through what's capable, what's possible. Mm -hmm. The calls I'm having now are no, we want this, 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 and I mean like a laundry list. And I'm so like, they know what they're looking oh, for. Oh yeah, they know what they want, and um, some of the feature sets are um, like, oh, what? And then you're like, you know, you squint your eyes a little bit, and you're like, what, what? Why do you need that? And they explain it, and you understand their particular business situation, why they do. So um, it's a um, it definitely interesting requirements, and you know. Quite frankly, I told a couple of companies, I don't have that, but I can build that. And um, um, it was, um, and, th and then, of course, then again, you, okay, send me, a, send me a proposal. Well, and I tell them, well, I'm, you know, just to let you know, right now, I'm, I, I cannot, uh, you know, even though I'm going to send you a proposal, <laughs> if you want me to start, it's a 90-day wait to start. And they're like, what? <laughs> And I'm like, we're backed up. We're slammed, you know? Uh, wow. So, um, yeah, so I'm going to have to hire some more devs just if, you know, if these deals go through. But it's, um, yeah, 
mostly corporate, big corporate clients, minimum, not a lot of shows, four or five shows maybe, you know, and uh, they all, but they got, they've got a plan and it is not too much education going on. So the space has matured quite a little bit. People know, people are knowing what they want. So are a lot of these companies looking to do kind of, kind of content marketing for their brand? Is that what they're looking to do typically? I, I think is some of it is that, but also some of it's training, some of it's, training, uh, yeah. uh, you know, they got to have the, you know, a number of different functions. Yeah. It's mm. yeah. So there's a lot of stuff that's, uh, that's happening. And, um, so it's cool. I, you know, I can't complain. Yeah. It, it was radio stations last year. It's not so much radio stations. It's more regular companies this year. So, well, you know, if the trend continues, I'll, you know, we'll keep you advised. No, the podcasters, stuff is still hot too i'm just january and mm-hmm. is really surprising me i, I don't yeah think i just it's really interesting i just haven't seen as much this year over the last i don't know four or five six months um of the radio side being really that engaged with podcasting um i don't know it's just a, it's just an observation and it, and it does kind of write right a little bit with what you were just saying um that the radio side is a little bit kind of um i'm gonna say kind of moved on <laughs> somewhat <laughs> and and some of them are embracing podcasting and other ones that maybe they 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 weren't able to to make it work for them or something um so i think it's a little bit of a question mark what's going to happen with radio and podcasting i mean just my own observation is that in a lot of ways it's it's some oil and water um I'm not sure that, you know, I don't know what you think about this, Todd. I know we've talked about it a little bit, but uh, it could explain why is the local versus national global um, angle on their business models. Uh, I think that's the biggest reason that I think radio may be slowing down a little bit in their interest in podcasting. Well, it's if you, if you, if you think about it, radio is local. Yeah, so, it's the local versus national so issue. So they have to keep the coffers full with the local Ford dealership and the, yep. you know, whatever else ads they're running. But here's the problem. Um, my kids don't know when there's a sale at Ford. They don't know when there's a, uh, they don't have no clue. You yeah, know, it's like right. what, what type of businesses are local? They, what do they know? Amazon, you know, they don't know that there's, you know, the, Actually, what's going to happen is these local businesses are screwed. They're not understanding that they have to, um, you know, start keeping up with the times. I've got mm. YouTube buffering going on, and I think I know why. I think I have someone still playing gaming, and we may have to jump off here and yell at him for a second. <laughs> he was told to be off at 7 o'clock, and he knew, but. So if you're on YouTube, come over to uh, uh, facebook.com forward slash Cochran. I apologize about the buffering on YouTube. So it's, um, no, I just, uh, you know, you know, I, I did a piece of my podcast, uh, my tech podcast on um, Thursday. They, and, and if some of you listen to that show and I, I'm repeating myself, I apologize. But I think it's important to get out this audience too. And it's something I missed at CES, but I guess Amazon, a big, big pavilion where they uh, showed uh, shopping technology of the future where you walk in and you get your feet scanned, your body scanned. They get all your measurements 
ready and I'm hard and I'm one of these people that's really hard to shop for for shoes because I got a real narrow foot and um and they basically have got it set up so that you know guys don't like to go to the mall I don't like to go sit in a clothing room and get dressed and you know buying trying to buy a jacket uh, recently at men's warehouse was a prime example of that but um they once they have your measurements then uh you're not going to have an issue with ordering stuff because they're going to know the inside they use a laser to scan the inside of a shoe to know exactly if it's going to fit your foot or not mm-hmm. and uh they'll just send you an email hey we got 10 new nikes on sale and here's the 10 that fit you the best and which one do you want same thing with clothes and suits that's that's the way ahead for for mm-hmm. future for for shopping and so the digital media is going to completely you know destroy what's left of uh you know these uh you know businesses like uh, men's warehouse and macy's and you know when the macy's i couldn't they didn't have a sport I, I need two sports jackets i'm going to Podfest, we're not wearing uh, polos anymore. We made a uniform change. We're, you know, we're gonna have a little nice little pal pin pin pins, and um, so I needed, you know, in Hawaii we don't wear sports jackets, and you know, we wear Aloha wear Aloha shirts, and uh, so I had to buy two sports jackets. I had a hell of a time finding two sports jackets here, mm-hmm. and uh, if if I if someone had had my measurements online in a computer in a you know laser scan me. I just ordered them online, had them custom made. So it's, um, I think, and so what's going to happen is these local businesses, going back to the radio, they're telling you about the deal they're having at Men's Warehouse, two for one. You don't know. You know, you have no clue that they've got a two for one sale. Because mm-hmm. what are you listening to? Digital media. Um, That's true. That's true. I mean, a lot of younger people are just not, I'm going to be listening to radio in the future. That's no. what it really comes down well, to. Well, they don't now, Rob. They're, they don't listen yeah. now. Yeah. And so those those stations are they're stuck in their models, and I don't know that they're they're in a position to really take advantage of the future. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I am going to be um, doing a panel or moderating a panel at Podfest uh, talking about um, local geolocation podcasts and what, what the future of that might be. Um, I think it, there's a lot of question marks and I, and I'm not sure that radio has a big, uh, as, as a big play in the future of local digital media. And I think there's an opportunity if you have a big enough metropolitan area and you are truly, yeah. I mean, you're truly doing local stuff and you're going to have to get out and hump. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a numbers game at the end of the day. It's yeah. can they convert those um, those analog or radio signals into digital um, l- uh, listeners in local markets? Can they convert that? Um, you know, the sooner they get started, the the better chances they have for a future. You know, I don't uh, know what is a, a successful radio drive time show in the Seattle market. Do you have any idea what they consider successful? How many people listening to that morning I don't, drive? I mean, I mean, it's all done by ratings points, right? So they don't really, they don't really know. But okay, um, so ratings points equals into something, right? Some sort of number. Yeah, I think it's a ballpark based on a statistic statistically maybe relevant um, <laughs> um, model. Um, I, 
I think probably a popular, I've, I've, I've oftentimes heard a hundred thousand people maybe for a really, really popular show in a major market. So a hundred thousand people in a local market for a really popular radio show makes but one. Keep in, in mind, that's a tune in, tune out scenario though. Right. So 100,000 people in a local podcast is a hell of a show. That would be an incredible podcast if you could get 100,000 people to listen to a Seattle-centric-based podcast. Yes, it would be. It would be. Uh, and you could make a but. I mean, you could, you, could, uh, you could pay the bills with that. Yeah. I think you could pay the bills with 50,000 listeners, maybe even 25,000. But the question for radio is... The, their current costs are are fairly high um, on the the broadcast side to to get that. So, right? but that's a so that's where there's a prime opportunity for some guy like you, you know, sitting in your you know the Seattle market. You don't have no costs. You've got a microphone and a you know a mm -hmm. computer to record something. But you know your costs are going to be going out and getting stories and getting the guest and. Yeah, and getting the advertise the local advertisers, and and the the other side of this too. Once you get up to that scale, you know, of a hundred thousand. Let's say you hit a hundred thousand people listening to you in the Seattle market, um, which is which would be a pretty significant percentage of the market. Um, uh, you're going to have to probably pay for bandwidth at that scale. Oh, that's true. So each each addition each additional listener is going to cost you a little bit more money. Yep. We're on the broadcast radio side. Each additional listener doesn't cost you anything. Mm -hmm. I think the models are, are, are also more difficult um, on the digital side for, for radio to adopt um, because of that. I think if you're a pure play um, kind of podcaster or a, a digital side, you kind of go into it with that expectation. You build your model around that. Mm-hmm. Um, will it ever scale to a hundred thousand listeners in Seattle to, a to a local podcast or a, it's probably a better way of calling it. It's a digital radio show or it's an online radio show that happens to be a podcast. It's probably what the model is going to look like. Um, if it's going to be live, it's going to be, I mean, it'll be like a, like a radio replacement. It'll be, it'll be live as well as podcasted. It'll be probably more of the model that you see with radio today um, but it will be primarily a digital program but the question gets back to again at the end of the day is will the younger generation have any interest in that at all I yep. don't know yep I was um, you know going back to your cost situation uh, been working with a podcaster uh, over the past week uh, put them together just really an incredible deal they have uh, an incredibly sized audience um they um they're doing four or five shows a month and uh they basically uh you know we're in a situation now where they're moving and i won't say how many terabytes but uh, a lot of terabytes of uh traffic a month and they are you know shopping to find uh you know some some deals on on hosting because they're looking at a um well at uh, at retail if they went out and bought it themselves and 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 did a deal 
participation upon their volume, they're probably looking at uh, twenty twenty five thousand dollars a month in uh, in bandwidth fees. And mm-hmm. uh, this is on an audio podcast. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I've got volume, so I can come in and really do, you know, a mul- much lower multiple. And uh, they are just, uh, I think they're beside themselves a little bit um, on how much it really cost. <laughs> because when yeah. you start doing, when you start doing some significant volume as a podcaster, you know, you have to, you know, as that audience grows, you better have a scale plan to get some sponsors in there and, and some steady sponsors to, mm-hmm. to make it work. And, and I think over time though, as we use more bandwidth, uh, the bandwidth, uh, is going to drop in cost. Right. I think we've seen that as a steady progression. And obviously I think that the, the gravitational pull of, um, of that cost a reduction does move towards scale, which means that um, big shows will gravitate towards platforms and networks that they can align with that have the scale to get the lowest cost per gigabyte fees. Um, so we're probably going to see as this industry scales consolidation around uh, larger hosting networks. Well, if, if you look at, uh, just go to Amazon, look at CloudFront pricing. Um and look at their breakdown of what you pay at, at what levels you're able to maintain monthly and, and you have to sign a contract for monthly. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, the other CDNs like, uh, you know, there's, you know, all the big ones that you, you know, you commonly hear about. Um, mm-hmm. You have to move, a I lot. mean, a lot, a lot. And, uh, you know, I look at what we were, what we're paying now as compared to what we were paying five years ago, and our business model wouldn't survive if I had to pay what I was paying five years ago. You know, the costs have mm-hmm. come down dramatically. But I've also, you know, I'm moving um, a lot of terabytes, <laughs> and I, mm-hmm. I don't want to say how many, but a lot. And um, and when you can move. You know, let's let's just you know throw a number out there. When you can move in an, in excess of a thousand or five thousand terabytes of traffic a month, um, then you can get the cost down there um, below a penny, below a penny a gig. So you know, but if you look at you know truly look at that as a, you still do the math on that. Um, let's just say that someone could be, you know, let's say an average a, a, a podcaster that's out there that is. Let's let's say they're moving uh, 200 terabytes a month. They're not going to get a penny. They're going to get, uh, mm, you know, they might be able to negotiate five six cents a terabyte. Mm. And you take uh, 0.05 and you multiply that by 200,000 gigabytes, and uh, that's 10 grand. You know, so uh, and you have to sign. You know, most of these CDN deals, you got to sign a deal for a year. So you have to, at a minimum, unless you work with a you know company like us or some of the other hosting companies out there that are able to uh, do some deals, you you know you're going to be you know you're going to be paying you know five thousand dollars a month for your bandwidth. So um, yep. you know you're not going to get that on a nine on a on a five dollar month unlimited uh, data plan from anybody. Well, the truth of the matter is, is I'm not sure that there there is such thing as an unlimited data plan anyway. <laughs> uh, 
Um, as far as on the podcast hosting side, I think the assumption is most shows won't won't reach that. Um, and those that do, you know, yeah. if they're non-commercial, you know, they're a, they're a loss leader for you. But if they're a commercial show, then it's, you know, it's a different situation. So, yeah. um, you know, non-commercial shows, we, we basically still honor non-commercial shows. They, they can use their, they get an unlimited plan, but, uh, mm-hmm. if you're a commercial show, you're, you know, you don't expect to get, um, you know, pricing that, uh, a regular podcaster, you know, an independent podcaster is yeah. going to get. And it's, this topic is not one that gets talked much no, in the podcasting yeah, space yeah. is this kind of, kind of <clears throat> behind the scenes, uh, structural, um, cost basis that will, I, I believe have a significant impact on the, the development of the medium and what happens to the key, uh, players in, in, in the, in the industry. And, uh, where podcasters are going to wind up being in the future, yeah. um, I think it's going to be determined on these issues. Because if if the listenership side scales mm-hmm. the way I think we all want, yep. um, that's going to force this in a much quicker pace. Um, the whole advertising conversation right now is is really happening, I believe, to support that development in the future. And and if that advertising side doesn't develop in the future then it's going to handicap the the development of this industry to scale to the coming audience yep. that's coming coming to this space and i i believe that once the advertising side is really kind of locked down and we have standards and we have practices and it's um the, that's moving direction i think the the next big thing is going to be on hosting and in in bandwidth you know my uh cbn bill comes due at the end of the month and uh yep. We set a threshold uh, on which they have uh, automatic bank draft. They basically pull the, you know, pull the payment, and uh, we, uh, we've, you know, we, we, and basically, if we go above that threshold, we have to raise it. <laughs> and it's always a good thing to raise it because you know that means your, you know, business is expanding. But um, that's not an insignificant uh, check that we write every month. Um, you know, and, and if, if you, th- yeah, go, yeah, go ahead, Todd. But it's, it, but. You know, so it's, uh, in, you know, it is, as we scale, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely each year be able to renegotiate the new pricing as we, you know, as we scale. But, uh, at some point, um, you get to a cost point that you achieve a certain cost point and that's remarkable. But then to incrementally get to the next lower cost point, you have to do like, you know, three, four, five hundred times what you're currently doing to incrementally go lower. So, um, you know, there, it, it, there's a, the volume doesn't always equal into gaining returns. <laughs> Is that the right way to say that? It only gets so cheap. Yeah. You know, so, uh, um, and you can only pass so much of that on is from savings back to the, you know, back to the podcaster too. You try to, you know, you try to support them and make sure they can make things done. But, you know, some of the podcast networks out there, they they not only charge a monthly, you know, per gigabit price, they also take a percentage of advertising revenue, and they take uh, and, they, and they charge a licensing fee. So it's not mm-hmm. it's not just uh, you know, okay, we're going to give you a here's here's the price. We we also want a piece of your business of your advertising business. I, I don't take that approach. I don't 
take a, a percentage of someone's advertising revenue unless I bring the, the advertising to them. But there are some companies out there that their hosting model, the pro hosting model is basically give me a, give me some, give me a taste of your advertising cash. And I don't know how they enforce that, but, um, you know, so it's, uh, you, you start become successful, hang on to your hat and shop around. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I believe that there's another thing. If you look out to the future and the direction that this space is going, I mean, my, my mind keeps drifting into, uh, areas of, uh, you know, from our perspective, from, you know, both of us are involved in hosting platforms, um, big players, sure. uh, big companies out there that could jump in here and disrupt what we're doing. I think, oh. uh, one, one player is uh, soundcloud. Um, they've, they've been a significant player here, I th- but that's a whole nother topic and discussion. But, you know, uh, but, but at the same but, point, Rob, you can only bleed red so long. No, I, I, but that wasn't necessarily my point. Uh, what I'm trying to say is, is a, you think about some of the bigger companies that have gotten in involved in sure, podcasting sure, sure, here sure. over the last year or so. Yeah, and and it is a thought. You know, what if I'm just throwing a what if out? What if Google started to host podcasts? Um, it, we'd be done. I mean, podcasters I mean, think about podcasters. their scale. Yeah, pod, data, yeah, right? podcasters love free. If they if they brought in, uh, if they, we would, uh, yeah, it would be very tough. Companies like Libsyn would be, you know, we might be able to survive because we've got a pretty big commercial business and stats and stuff too. But it would not be the scale we're at now. We'd and have to. We'd what have if to, Apple decided to host podcasts? I don't think they'll do that. I think they understand the space enough that they won't. They could. Yeah. They could though, if they, you know, and, uh, that would, you know, uh, then podcasters would be at the mercy of those companies to take advertising and, you know, they would be trading probably, uh, bandwidth for, you know, for advertising revenue. They'd probably, because they're they're not going to give you bandwidth without dropping advertising in. Mm -hmm. That's, that's been my expectation. Who knows? Yeah, but a a Google is an interesting case. You know, they don't have a history of charging content providers to host on their platforms. That's true. Um, or publish to their but platforms. They're, but they're also selling. It's you got to think about it, Rob. Their Apple is selling music, so they're making revenue off the sales. So of course, they're going to host the media. So yeah. you know, well, no, make- no, I'm talking about you know hosting of podcasts specifically. Um, I mean, Google has. I mean, I think Google is the most interesting case here. Um, to some degree, Spotify. Um, they're they're currently hosting the podcasts that are on their right. platform. Yeah, right they now. they pull it in and re, yeah reprocess it. Uh, yeah, but they the, they don't have a a great kind of connection with the podcaster. That's though. true. That's true. And and they don't have RSS feeds that they're 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 generating that the podcaster can use in other platforms. That's true too. But that's a pretty minor adjustment that they could make. Um, it wouldn't take a lot for a Google to generate some RSS feeds. But they've been pretty adverse to RSS, so that would be a, definitely a company policy <laughs> change. <laughs> that actually brings up a, a a topic we should talk about is some. I don't know if you got involved in the discussion about this committee 
Um, oh, yeah, I've seen it a little bit. Yeah, yeah, we should talk about that a little bit. I, I haven't joined yet. I'm going to, but we'll, we'll fill everyone in here in a second. But I just do want to announce, too, that if any of you are uh, podcasting with WordPress and PowerPress, uh, there is a power, there's a webinar we're having today at 2 p.m. Eastern if you want to hang out. Bitly, B-I- and sorry, I'm self-promoting, Rob. bit.ly. Okay. forward slash power press training if you want to hang out michael dell's going to be doing a uh a seminar giving you getting you up to speed um but yeah i you know you know i hate to say it rob i'm like i hope google never comes in and says yeah we're just gonna we're gonna give you all the free media hosting you need <laughs> oh no but i'm hoping you know what could happen too is the community is such that they might be leery of that you know we would retain a percentage of customers that would be like okay i understand you but you guys have been here 10 years i'm going to continue to support you but a lot of new podcasters would be like or over there they would go so um you know it would definitely it would definitely impact growth (laughs) yeah but they would be the 800 pound gorilla right well, and it's and really gets back to you just think about how much bandwidth those guys. I mean, those guys probably use more bandwidth than well, well, any, any company in the world. But they have their own most of the data they don't pay fiber. for because they, they have fiber yeah. that they own, and then they just right. the well what they pay for is the power to keep the lights on and keep the connections going. They do pay some interconnect fees, but yeah. a lot of the stuff just goes over their network. And you you know you touch Google Fiber or Google Lines all the way to you know the last. And it does interconnect with the service providers, but you know it's it's a trade too. So it you know I'm their band. I I'd like to see their bandwidth bill. <laughs> but well, it, and also if you think about you know I'm sure they have deals with uh, the big ISPs out there yeah. too, the the yeah. Comcast and yeah. the Cox, and and they're probably doing direct. Yep. Um, connections between yep, I'm sure Google and uh, just, you know it's well, Rob just look yeah, it's at almost you. like a VPN connection just, almost just look at YouTube two. just look at YouTube yeah. you, know, it, you know how many how much you know how many millions of videos are being uploaded daily and you know just the uh, infrastructure around that is mind-boggling it's you know it's big buildings uh, you know that are full of servers that are running YouTube so you, you can't no one can compete with that so it's a uh, yeah. um it's just the way it is, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, and I don't hear a lot of people talking about these these, um, and it gets back to network neutrality. But but the the connections that are made between these big internet companies and the cable ISPs, I would be really curious to know what the percentage of bandwidth traffic travels over the open open, you know, web or the internet anymore. Well, there's really no open. Everybody owns something and they have inter- yeah. interconnect um, kind of kind of deals and relationships. Yeah, yeah. Right? and it's so, you know, the big providers of you know, the big hubs, they all have interconnect. Uh, and so basically what they do is if you send me one billion terabytes and I send you one billion terabytes, we don't owe each other any money. <laughs> But if I send, yeah. if you send me 1 billion terabytes and I, you know, it's basically they, it's based on they're trying to keep the data flow even. And if there's a skew to that, then there's money exchanges hands. 
Yeah, if one is using more than what the other is right. willing to provide. Right, and, and whatever their yeah. agreement may be, you know, and that's, uh, you know, that's probably how these companies survive. But it's a, um, um, and, you know, the peons like me are down here. That's, you know, we're, the, we're their cash cow, you know, and I'm, when I'm sending a check to the, to the uh, CDN provider every month, I can guarantee you that they're just like, that. that's, that's probably the ultimate business to be in because it's like pure profit when pure you think about it. profit, but now they have huge infrastructure. They have to maintain. Well, they do. They have yeah. servers and they Server. have lines that yeah. they have to run. They have and pops and all this stuff. So that's not insignificant, but you know, the, once that hardware is in place and they, you know, if they're we're working smart on a, you know, they, they, those businesses should never run out of cash. <laughs> they should never run out of cash. But it also means that there is the the prospect, just because of the sheer design of how these networks are being built to shave costs, um, that the the cost of bandwidth should steadily go down. Yeah, what's well, went down and, a lot already, you know. Yeah. But but it's a, it's pure volume. You have to do the volume. You don't do the volume, you don't get the discount. You just can't call Amazon or another CDN and say, you know, I want. Uh, I want three cents a gig, and they're really like, okay, uh, uh, how many millions of terabytes are you moving? You know, you know and I'm being extreme here, but um, you know, that's the conversation. You, you know, you come to the table with your, this is what I have, this is what I'm going to offer. You do the negotiation, you know, yeah. and sometimes they're competing against one another for the deal. If you know, if they're competing, two or three CDNs are competing. You know, usually you can, you know, you can squeeze a little bit out, but uh, they all have their formula. They don't say, oh, you move this much, this is the lowest we'll ever go. You know, yeah. And, yeah, and I kind of wonder, you know, as you think about your own usage of bandwidth, I think to some degree, I think most of us have probably um, capped out or topped out primarily on how much that, that we would use on a monthly basis. Um, and I guess... I would think that the industry, the bandwidth um, folks are asking themselves, well, you know, how do we keep growing? I mean, how do we keep getting more and more people to use more and more bandwidth? Um, I, I, I would think that's the, the discussion. If you, and if you back up and you apply that to podcasting to some degree, we, we have kind of followed in line with that um, somewhat around our, our, our desire to have higher quality audio and video files. Um, you know, and what we're using, um, you know, I know that even Spreaker's, you know, has up their bandwidth, their minimum bandwidth to 128k, um, you know, files and and whatever. So the quality bar is going up, which thus means we're using more bandwidth. Yep. Um, but then I also look at, um, you know, you look at the coming technologies and how the the ISPs and the networks. Are, are probably really encouraging and wanting to inspire people to use more bandwidth. And, and I think that this, um, what you saw down at CES with uh, the mixed reality and the, um, oh. the co coming technologies are, are, are types of platforms that will just chew through bandwidth like crazy. Right. It, oh, that is like, yeah, and, and of course, there's all this um, wants to, um, I guess for a better word, uh, 
wants by the cable providers to shut down unlimited bandwidth. Matter of fact, many folks are on data plans now that are capped. Yeah, are capped. Especially on the wireless side, on the the carrier and wireless side. Mm -hmm. Now, I think was it Sprint um, has gone gone back into the unlimited data plans. I guess. Uh, no, that I don't think. Well. T-Mobile has, yeah. T-Mobile. T-Mobile kind of kind of went back there as a way to compete. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that the wireless stuff and 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 applying this to podcasting a little bit more too. You start thinking about the car. Um, there's been a lot of people that have poo-pooed. I think what's going to happen in the car around bandwidth and consumption of podcasts and and kind of those experiences but i i firmly believe that the that the opposite is going to be true i think um that there's going to be more and more bandwidth that's going to be used directly to the car not through your mobile phone but our cars are going to be connected to to data plans directly and that's going to be for a lot of other reasons other than just getting a podcast to your car um so i mean so bandwidth is going to continue to to grow in its usage, and that's good for the networks, and and thus um, that's going to drive the costs of bandwidth down. And uh, we're going to use more, but we're going to spend more too. Yep. All right. So let's talk about syndicated media. Okay. <laughs> syndicated dot media. Ever heard of them? Nope. Uh, when did you first hear about them? Uh. I think is this 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 open standards group that you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. Uh, just the other day, just a couple days ago. Did you know they've been working on this thing for a while? Nope. Did you ever get an email from any of these folks that said they were working on something? Nope. Okay, so they have this page, um, a GitHub page, um, that lists all the companies that they would like to work with. And um, essentially what they are trying to do, and, and when I initially saw this, I was like, and I wish Rob Walsh was here, because I'm sure he has some things to say too. Um, Todd, we're the enemy, of course, right? <sighs> okay, so let's just be fair. They don't consider us the enemy. Oh, okay, okay. All right, so I, I I'll give them that credit where that credit's due. But okay, fair apparently enough. they've been working on RSS for a while. Okay. So, so they want to improve podcasting for producers, listeners, developers, and advertisers. Syndicated Me is an open standard maintained by the community. Current areas of focus include extending RSS to support the modern needs of producers, and this is their mission statement, and their content, standardizing host and client behavior, improving the availability and accuracy of metrics and analytics, establishing and publishing best practices for de facto standards that have been adopted in the industry, thinking about the future podcasting and needs that may arise. Here are the partners so far, ACAST, Art19, Alphonic, Backtracks, Omni Studio, Pop-Up Archive, PRX, Radio Public, Radiotopia, TapRite. Hmm, okay. Never heard of them. Um... So everything I'm hearing is that they are having an open discussion in a private Slack channel. Um, yeah. Okay, so they're having an open discussion in a 
private Slack channel, which I guess you can join um, to to join the conversation. But l let me just get a few things out very very beginning. The RSS 2.0 spec is set in stone. It's already been said. It's not going to be um, expanded upon. Okay, there's there's no expansion beyond RS 2.0. That said, there are elements and tags that you can expand upon within RSS today, just like mm -hmm. iTunes has, just like Google has, just like Raw Voice has. You know, we've all come out with our own additional things that can be in RSS, and we wrote a spec sheet. It's available, and it's uh, mostly integrated in most, most of the modern podcatchers. Or pod validators, pod feed validators. Um, so I understand the the want to expand RSS and to make it more viable. And I think that's probably a worthy discussion. But what bothers me is my company's name, your company's name, Libsyn, and a whole bunch of others are on a huge list of companies that should be involved in this discussion. But yet, I was I haven't been contacted. And the first I heard about it was in the Pod to Pod, uh, Nick Qua's newsletter, and I immediately bristled up just because it came from Nick Qua. And reading this list, it's and it's it's being uh, run by one of the guys at PRX. He's the guy that founded it. But as soon as I see the words Acast, Art Nineteen, I'm like Omni. You know, these are the folks that have been talking shit but not proven anything for a while. Mm -hmm. um, especially Omni, talking a lot of smack, but yet have to prove it nothing. And I'm just, you know, they've had an opportunity to come on the show and explain how they're doing stuff special in their feeds. And we look at their feeds and they're not doing anything special. And, the, you know, they may be doing something in their player, which anyone can do that. And then you've got the guys at Art19 that have been all secretive too about they're doing something special, but no proof. They won't talk to no one. So, and I don't have such a hard on for Acast, but, you know, it, and it just kind of cracks me up here that there have, so I'm probably going to be in there, going to come in that group and be the fucking asshole. I hope not. I have to go in there and be quiet for a while, but, um, when you're having a discussion about RSS, it has to be very open, <laughs> very yeah. open for everyone to see, for the podcasters to see, for you're talking about suggesting changes to RSS that could have significant impact on the space. And, you know, mm -hmm. and I think there's a worthy discussion. Don't get me wrong. Um, but it just surprises me. They've been at this a while and they're, Kind of like talking amongst themselves at this point. Maybe I'm maybe I'm off on this. Do you think I'm off? No, I I mean this is this is somewhat the consistent pattern that we've seen of non inclusion of the um, of the broader podcaster community. Um, this these these groups of companies have been um, have been very closed to the, the rest of the podcasting community and wanted to do their own things now, and they, not really, really, really involve themselves in the, in the, the originating or the original 
and the largest section of the podcasting community. The, the, the podcasting space doesn't owe me nothing. Okay, let's let's just be frank. I'm not. We're just a company providing a service. Yeah. yeah. The podcasting space owes us nothing. You know, we're doing our thing. We're doing the best thing we can. Sure. And, and yeah, it's not like we own anything. No, or, no. Mean, we're just a participant. That right. It's the same with you that has has a significant amount of podcasters that are engaged in using our platforms. Yep. Um, and, and, and I realize, and you do as well, that everybody is competing and everybody's, um, trying to maintain their businesses. But I think we've been very clear o- over the years of being open and being available and being wanting to help the broader <clears throat> podcasting space be successful. And, and I guess it's a little, it, to me personally, it's a little frustrating to to have had that presence in this medium for so long and to have these companies not um, understand what our, what our goals are. Uh, I do think that they tend to think that our, our criticisms of the actions that they're taking is somehow um, something personal or something or something that, um, that isn't warranted. Um, but I hate to say we've been, we've been watching the space for a lot longer than most of these companies. Um, and, 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 and I'm open. And how it's being done is, is not quite the way it's going to work and be successful for them. And, and I'm open to ideas. I'm open to talking. When we joined the IEB and wrote that check, we're open to talking and sharing and bringing in our information. And we tried to be as transparent as we could back to the podcasters and tell them what was going on with what we could say from being within the space and not get in trouble. Um, you know, we couldn't share direct conversations, that kind of stuff. But, you know, I'm pretty sensitive about RSS. <laughs> you know, I'm pretty sensitive about RSS. And I've been very critical of companies that um, create uh, 20 feeds for 20 different destinations as, as overkill. And, I've, you know, I've been very public about that. I've been very public about podcasters controlling their RSS feed or making sure they're working with reputable companies that when they, if they want to change, they can and they can move and they, they're not stuck and they don't lose their audience and have the tools to be able to move. And, you know, mm-hmm. I've been a big proponent. No, no one can say I haven't been because I've been screaming this shit for, for 12 years, literally. You know, yeah. and um, so immediately when I hear, and again, I'm just using my perception. This isn't probably what's happening. This is Todd's initial, like, what the fuck reaction is, what are they doing? What's the agenda? What's the end goal? Because I don't care what group you have. Someone in that group has an agenda or something for some financial oh, yeah. gain. Now, if the group is all open, we're just talking, we're bringing ideas, and uh, this is going to be something good, we're going to present to the podcasting community as a whole, fantastic. You know, that maybe is exactly what's happening within this group. But my initial perception, and perceptions often are what get people riled, like me riled up, which I mm-hmm. shouldn't, but I did, um, is the is the being perceived that something's happening that could hurt the space and and not saying that's what's happening i'm just um concerned so i i and, and, and i need to join the slack group 
Everyone, please, if you want to join Psycho Priest, do syndicated.media is the website. So we can all see what's going on. But um, every company that's in the podcasting space today can expand RSS today. You can expand it today. You have to then get support for that expansion by promoting what you're doing and see if other people will adopt it. That's the pro- that's the challenge is the adoption. So maybe, maybe they are, maybe this group will help with adoption across platforms of new RSS specs, which would be good. You know, so I'll be the first to say it'll be good. I mean, Todd, I mean, but you do have to ask the question, um, why isn't, why isn't Lipson listed there? Why isn't, why aren't you listed there? Why is it? We, um, we, I didn't know. That, I didn't know about that, this until Monday. No, I, I, I agree. But why is it the same group of companies that are, that have this approach? It's the East um, Coast bubble. They don't. They don't get what's happening in the rest of the podcasting space. They don't. They don't have a clue. They don't. Maybe understand. they. Or maybe they don't care. Maybe they. Maybe they want to have their their own agenda here. I I don't know how many customer Rob touches and i don't know how many customers you touch but i, I i've said it public we, we interact one way or another with seventy five thousand podcasters either through a plug-in through hosting mm-hmm. through stats one way or another and they're not all paying customers somehow i touch we touch seventy five thousand podcasters we know that active podcasters today and it's growing well and and spreaker hosts about a hundred thousand audio shows so you touch a hundred thousand Podcast shows, not just podcasts. Right, audio shows. Okay, so you touch 100,000. I touch 70,000. I bet you Rob has at least 50,000 customers. Okay, so let's, you know, let's put it out there. So I know how many active podcasts there are in the space. I can tell you within a a, a couple of uh, percentage points. Mm -hmm. Podbean. They got a huge business. A huge number. They probably get ten, fifteen thousand customers. Yeah. Are they on this list? Nope. Nope. Um, so, so what is the goal here with these folks then? Uh, That's current the areas of focus include extending RSS support, the modern needs of producers and their content, standardizing host and client behavior, improving the availability, accuracy of metrics, and analytics. Establishing publishing best practices for de facto standards that have been adapted in the industry, thinking about the future podcasting and needs that they may arise. Okay, so here's the here's the here's the thing that just kicks me in the nuts. And I'm sorry if you're offended by how I'm speaking, David. It, I get a little passionate about this. <laughs> if they that want hurts oh, to get kicked in the nuts. If they, yeah. if they want to change something in RSS or make it available, they're going to have to talk to Rob Greenlee. They're going to have to talk to Rob Walsh. They're going to have to talk to Todd Cochran if they want to touch 250,000 podcasters. But, Todd, I'm not sure that that's what they want to do here. They only want to touch the shows that they want to touch. I don't, I, I mean, I, I, I don't know if I'm that's... I'm not saying that that's, that's good or bad. I don't I'm know just if that's, saying that that's... I don't, I don't know if that's, that's probably what they're doing i'll right? give them the benefit of the doubt that it's maybe i'll give them the benefit of the doubt and i'll say rob that's probably not fair <laughs> but, 
Okay. Uh, hard to believe. No, I, I guess mean, hard I to mean, believe. It I guess isn't, and I'm I'm okay. totally saying that. But but the the communications that I'm seeing happen right. with this right screams that it screams it. So I'm not saying anything that anybody looking at this wouldn't notice, and I guess that's that's my point is that if they do in fact want an open standards working group, they need to make it an open standards working group and not do it under the guise of a closed working group. They are on GitHub, so that's pretty open. But the conversations are happening, and, and I haven't had time. I, you know, So I'm going to join. We should all join the Slack group at once. I'm, we're going to be the pariahs I, coming in. I, I applied, so. Oh, I you mean, did? Well, I mean, I, I submitted my email address. Well, that's the only thing you can do. When was, how long ago was that? Just five minutes ago. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was going to say, was that last week? Did you get an invitation? <laughs> no. So, so, you know, and if you, if you, if the syndicated media people listen to this, okay, it's the approach. And they will, I'm sure. It's the approach, guys. If you want to be successful and make something good, invite the whole community. You know, you've been working on this for a while. You know, I think March of last year. So, and I'm sure, and, and I'm, there's going to be people that are going to blast me about what I've just said, but I'm just telling you, it, it's the okay. So here's oh, here oh, here's an analogy. You work in an office space. Um, do you think there's some sort of inappropriate relationship going on between a boss and an employee, and that employee gets a raise or a promotion? There may be nothing going on. There may have been a mentorship grooming thing, but in your back of your head, you're thinking they're having a, a relationship, and because the person had the relationship, they got a promotion. That's that's what yeah. your head's saying. Yeah. And it may not actually be the case. That person may be the up and coming yeah. president of a company. You know that you know, but your brain says something else. <laughs> Well, I mean, obviously these folks are, are have an interest in yeah, yeah. doing something to improve something. We have to give them credit for yep, that. Yep. They are companies that are progressively thinking about new ideas and concepts in the medium. We have to give them credit for that. Um, and that's, that's all great. You know, public radio, public media, a lot of these companies, uh, have a very strong connection to public radio and public media. Um, and that's all great that you guys are a significant part of the podcasting community. Dan, but, Daniel says, but, it's a, but okay. you are not a hundred percent of the podcasting community. Yeah. So Daniel says it's an instant invitation thing. I joined their Slack group in two minutes. So I, I'll, as soon as the show's over, I'll that's good. Slack that's group. good. And I guess maybe there, maybe we're totally way off base here. And maybe. if we are, we apologize. Yes, we are. I agree. But why should I learn something months later? You know, Rob was Walsh not on that list either. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. And, and I mean, it's not like we're all that difficult to find. And maybe next week I'll come back and have to apologize yeah. and say I was completely wrong. But, yeah, I mean, and I would let's just do it now. We apologize if we were completely wrong, because <laughs> um, that's that's not who we are. And I think most of the people that um, know us and have been involved in the podcasting space know. Um, know what our motivations are because we've proven it over 12 years of being in this medium that we're only looking out for what's best for the medium not what's best for us or our individual companies um and though 
you could make a case that maybe we should be more concerned about um, just our individual little companies. Um, but we've been more concerned about the growth of this medium for far longer than we have been focused on just trying to beat the other guy or or not do what's best for this, this space. And, um, and Daniel is correct. Libsyn Blue Brain Speaker on the outreach list probably since April, but that but strange that they never actually reached out. So, I, you know, and that, am, am I butt hurt that I didn't get invited? Not necessarily. I'm just concerned. Yeah. I would have liked to have known earlier. And, and Todd, I think you hit on an important point. Um, I don't feel like I've missed out on anything. Right. That's not the point. And, 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 and I'm in, in, I'm pretty open to talking with people about anything. You know, we we don't come in and be, and, and, and again, I am not, and Rob, you and I, I hope no one takes this as we're supposed to be some entitled babies. That is not the case. No. It just, if, if we really want to make change, we have to be inclusive of everybody and really make an effort at doing that. And unfortunately, there, there, there has been the development of a perception of a rift between these two. It's like almost, you know, we've talked about it on the show before. The, the the article that was put out by, you know, from the guy from Audible, you know, it was like there's <laughs> going to be this divide that's going to happen in the podcasting space, you know. And this is, and unfortunately, this is kind of an example of it again. And maybe we're sensitive to some of these East Coast antics that are going on. Yeah. You know, and, uh, you know, okay. I don't know. I mean, I've, I've, I mean, I've reached out to a lot of these companies too. Um, I don't see it happening going the other way. Yeah. And yeah. so I guess that's my main, and I'm, adding myself right now to the slack channel so um and i guess there is some responsibility that falls on our shoulders to i guess just know about these things somehow magically um and get involved and and that's kind of what's happening here right it's not like we found it or i mean we just happened to stumble across it right so yeah. It's just unfortunate that this is what's happening. Yeah. So anyway, it's, um, it is what it is. And, and I probably went on a rant that didn't need to go on, but I just, it, it, it it's just a pattern and maybe they were the, maybe they're <laughs> my, my way of, you know, like, come on guys, let's, let's one team, one fight now. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and maybe they don't want that. Maybe, uh, maybe we're seen as competitors or something to what they're doing. I don't know. I don't know what the motivation is for that. Um, I mean, if we want to, we can read the the um, the paragraph here. Current areas of focus um, of the standards, uh, the open standard group here, I guess, um, include extending RSS support. Uh, yeah, did you read this already? I can't remember if you did. Yeah, I did. I did. I read did it. Did you? Okay. Okay. So anyway, I've, I've added it and there's a welcome and I, I don't know. I haven't seen nothing populate yet. So we'll, we'll see what okay. happens, but, okay. um, but 
let's go back to the heart of RSS. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm going to continue to be a very hard purveyor and protector, and I think you will too, Rob, of the of the spec and any attempt to um, do something that will um, not advance the space in a way that's open and has any snifflings of, um, how should we say it, agenda setting, yeah, that's, I'm going to get ugly. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to mention one other thing if we're talking about RSS is I did notice on their their list of outreach or something like that that they, they had, um, well, for one thing, they had crossed off the list Spreaker, and I wasn't sure if that meant that they had tried to reach out to us or something or, or if they just took us off the list or they were adding us to the list. I, I wasn't quite sure what that meant. Plus I also saw on the, on the list, um, Dave Weiner. You can't have, really talk about RSS without talking about Dave Weiner. And Dave will never um, have a, never have a discussion about it. No. And, and why should he? Right. Honestly. So there's 122 people in the Slack channel. 122. 122. You know, if you hear about something, folks, that's going on and there's discussions going on in the space, we would appreciate a heads up. <laughs> I mean, I mean, maybe we don't really do much about it or get, you know, I don't know, engage with it that much, but at least... Um, we can get in there and see what's happening. So let me and, and we can talk about it on the show. So audiosearch.ch is in here. Um bunch of podcasters. Someone from Spoken Layer, someone from Tape Right, never heard of them. Uh, apparently someone from Google. Chiara from Spreaker. Do you know her, Rob? Chara? Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. she's in the group, so... Oh, she is. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, Chris from Pocket Cast, Chris from Radio Republic. Um, yeah, I think maybe Chara just joined this past week, I think. Okay. Someone yeah, from I do remember a little bit of mention about something uh, th that was new that popped up. Dan from Fireside. Francesco's in, too. I think you're the last to know, Rob. Um, Tape Right. Someone from Podlove. Someone from Makers Radio. Someone from Greylock. Oh, that's Greylock Ventures. Uh, there's a VC in there. Um, Radio Public. Someone from, I don't even know who that is. Night Lab, Eyecatcher. Someone, Joel from ACAST. Joannis from Art19. Someone from Backtracks. Someone uh, from Omni Studio. Another person from Radio Public. Um, who else? Looks like a lot of podcasters. Pocket Cast, CBS Radio, Auto Radio. There's another one, Rob. You're, you're the definitely last no. Sergio is in there. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, someone, I think that, that must have happened just this past okay, week. Okay, so then. someone from Podcast yeah. One. Sean Merrick from Podcast One. Tanya from... So there's another one from Spreaker. That's four. Uh, yeah. So yeah, well, that's good that they're in there. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, there's some names in here. That's good. 
so anyway, we'll, uh, we will see how this, how this goes, but, um, you can add your companies to the official partners list. Well, before I become a partner, I'm going to find out what's going on and I'm going to be reading in, you know, mm-hmm. the, in problem is, is the Slack discussion. It's not a, it's a free one, so it only goes back so far. They only have so many. It doesn't go all the way to, back to the beginning. I don't. Well, it, yeah, they've been. Wow, well, they've been having a lot of discussions for a while. Did yeah. uh, Did you happen to notice if uh, Rob Walsh was in there? He's not. So, you know, I, I had messaged Rob's. So I'm sure he's going to be be joining. So they've been at this since. This has been open since April. April, well, let me go back. Maybe even March. Yeah, April 9th. April 9th was when they opened the, the Slack channel. Okay. And um, their very first message, the focus for this week is trying to reach out people who would be strong partners or participants for the group. <laughs> oh, man. So in the So in the chat room, you guys, I got you guys' attention a little bit here. Are, or, or, are we being fair? <laughs> uh, all right, I need to go back and look at the comments because the comment is on Facebook is pretty pretty live. <laughs> well, I guess one of the questions that just popped up in my head too is, do we need this? I don't know. You know that that's the that's the question. Uh, well. I'm sure that um, so, I it's probably good. It's probably good in a way. Well, you yeah. know, I was talking to Angelo about it, and, you know, we, it probably is good to have a discussion. Uh, again, I hope, and I'm glad that they made it real easy to join the Slack channel, so that way you can, uh, you know, it's not like some big approval process. You bit, bada bing, bada boom, you're in. You know, it was in, yeah. like Daniel said, it was in, in five minutes. Well, but, yeah. I guess it is good from the standpoint of, of having everybody being able to reach each other and communicate to each other, uh, if, if need be, um, in, in, because it hasn't been the case with a lot of these companies. Right. Right. And it is, it, and if they're truly being open, it's, it's great. I'm, but it just, I just wish I would have known about it a long time ago. So, but you know, we'll just let that go under the bridge and we're here. We're there. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll report on what, and I'm going to read through the whole stack. It's going to probably take me an hour, but I'm going to read the entire chat history, and then that'll give me a better idea what, give me a better idea to form an opinion here. But just on the surface, it just, to me, it just it made me go, what? What? <laughs> yeah. So what else? What else? What else is going on? Yeah. Well, I did uh, see some more talk about, um, I guess there's a new startup that's, I guess, that's um, trying to bring Netflix-style radio to Amazon's Alexa. Did you hear about this? Nope. <laughs> I'm not sure what Netflix-style radio is. Do you? Um, that would be like series. <laughs> that would be podcast Netflix style radio I'm just trying to think what so what that looks like 
Just, Does that look like a premium podcast? Does that look like, um, like iTunes? Uh, uh, I'm not know. quite sure what is what is unique about a Netflix style radio platform that we don't already have. I. <laughs> I'm just I'm trying to think here because, you know, Netflix is organized by categories and by shows and they yeah. give you suggestions. Yeah. So Alexa has nothing visual. So do you just tell Alexa, I want to listen to a tech podcast and it finds you one, uh, a series to listen? I, I, I don't know. I guess we're going to have to see what they're going to do. It's an interesting you know, it, it got some attention in the wording, so we'll see where it uh, where it I goes. Guess this uh, new Netflix style style platform is actually called Sixty uh, DB. Okay, is the name of it. Is it a podcast directory? Is it? Do they have a website yet? Uh, do look. not see that. Yeah, 60db.co. Oh, it is. Okay. Uh, let me not go to the login page. Let me go to the... Oh, my God. I hate these pages that autoplay. You know, it's just so annoying. Yeah. All right, let me look here. Your world, story by story. Yeah, it just looks like a directory. And it has all the the normal players you would think listed on the front page. So personalized for you with a library of millions of stories. We have something great for everyone. Discover new shows with one of our custom created collections or with our topic search. The more you listen, it's just a podcast app. That's all it is. It's a podcast app that has podcast. Yeah. That's what, it. what else could it be? Right. Yeah, well, but this whole Netflix style, it's like talk about trying to capture a buzzword. And, um, so, yeah. And then they're probably going to integrate it with Amazon, which is cool. So, them and many other people. Yeah. All right. Okay, let's, uh, what else is in the stack here? Um. It's another listening platform. So, the Jacobs folks kind of did uh, make an announcement of their of some sort of a full day of radio-centric podcast sessions. Um, where's this going to be? They're, they're, oh, they're, they've joined, oh, the Jacobs Media and Podcast Movement joined force to custom design a radio track at Podcast Movement this August. These sessions will focus on how radio companies, stations, and personalities can see an emerging space. Broadcasters, meaning podcasters, designed to combine energy and so, um, it sounds Mr. Like Seth, the wrestler is involved in this. Yes, of course. Like. And so they're going to have a, a dedicated, sounds like a dedicated track for broadcasters. Okay. It's cool. Yeah. I don't know if they're going to do it early or if it's going to be, maybe this is going to be a pre podcast movement event. I hope it's during the show, not, not pre show. Does it say it doesn't No. It just says a radio track at podcast movement. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, so, so it's th- going to be, yeah. 
So that's good that they're doing that. Uh-huh. Uh, what else is in my little list here? And I'm getting stuff off of both podcasternews.com and poddopod.com. Um, Podcast RE, Podcast Search Engine, aims to help researchers? What is this about? Hmm. Uh, Podcast RE Project. So podcastre.org. So search a podcast. So let me go new media show. I'm on their website here. Let me bring it up in... Well, let me bring it up in the right browser and we'll see what this does. Oh, and also I think uh, I think I came across a um, an article talking about how jihadists are actually using podcasts now. Well, we're we're listed here. Um, here's the search on, results. On what page is this? What site? This is podcastre.org. But here's the problem. They're showing uh, shows old, old, old episodes. It's very odd how they've done this. All right. So let me do, let me try this. CES. So this is searching for topics. Let me not search for a show. Let me search for a topic. Oh, that's not going to find nothing. This is a, it looks like a college project. Yeah, so if you search for topic, you can find a bunch of stuff. So they're definitely, uh, um, you know, basically they have a, they're pulling in feeds and it's basically a, a search engine is all it is. Mm-hmm. Search for my personal show and you don't find it. It doesn't, they must not be, uh, not listing it so yeah i don't see my speaker live show either yeah so don't don't know what they're pulling in but anyway this is the the skinny of it they're they're basically trying to make a uh um a better search engine to help researchers so this is something to help researchers somehow and yep. topics so okay oh um yep <laughs> uh, uh, the one way to think about podcasts already is the internet archive wayback machine you want the wayback machine uh, I've got <laughs> I've got everything uh, I shouldn't say that they'll be scraping my site anyway. you do have all of them That's I do right. I have all of them yes and going back years and years and years and years even Todd is a collector. <laughs> I'm a hoarder. <laughs> just, you know, 10 podcasts just isn't enough for Todd. I think we're up to actually, let me give you the official count, Rob, because we haven't, we haven't done that in a while. I'll give you the official number of uh, shows that we're actually pulling in. And I think the number has been uh, steadily climbing here, but do the secret password to get in and look at the program listings today there so are these active or just total um there's a mix I, don't, I i have to run a different okay so let me all right all right uh, 362,736 that's how many i have indexed 
that's up significantly, but um, I don't. I have to go and run a different script to tell you I'm actually active. The three sixty two. So that's that's how many podcasts that have ever been produced or are currently available. That's how many I have been able to Find. scrape. Yeah, three sixty two, seven thirty six, and probably that number is about probably the number of active shows is in this list that update at least once a month is probably 170 or something like that. We'll have Do to see. you have any, any issues with duplicates? Is there any duplicates yeah, in there? Or there's, are they, there's a few. they all unique? Yeah, there's a few. Uh, so, you know, take out 5% for dupes and, you know, so there, there are some dupes, but we, we, we try to, it's impossible to clean them all, but you know, we, not impossible, but it's, we, we when we find them, we kill them. So, but, uh, so anyway, that's how many I'm actively pulling RSS feeds for. So those are feeds that I can pull. You know, if the feed goes dead, um, then I don't, uh, they're not in that list. So at some time, that as many feed, or, or currently that's many active feeds that we've been able to find. And that includes mm-hmm. Brazil, uh, like six or seven countries too, so. Anyway, and I think we, yeah. that number has continued to, you know, rapidly increase. I'd be curious to see what Apple had to say on how many they have active. They haven't. Of course, they've never said active. They've just said how many is in their directory. Yeah. But, the last number I ever heard from, from James was 325, but that was, that was probably almost a year ago. Yeah. Rita says 200 podcasts is not enough. For Todd, two hundred. You know, I, you guys. I've already told you guys my listening habits. I, you know, there's about a, about every ten days, there's a hundred fresh podcasts in my podcatcher, and um, sucking all your bandwidth. Yeah, keeping I, up with that. I, I just I, that's uh that's what you do. You know, you try to find cool shows. So, but I'm really stuck on one. I, I got one show that's taken up an inordinate amount of time, and that's uh. Curry show the no agenda show oh, oh the no agenda show oh yeah, yeah. It's from since the election they've been in rare form it's been wonderful <laughs> I'll bet it's been all all of the political media or the conspiracy media folks are like uh, this is like prime time yeah <laughs> yeah and so we'll see. It if doesn't matter what side of the fence you're on it's prime time yeah so we'll see if it slows down now we'll see if it gets a little it calms if the storms calm out or if it's just going to ramp up i think it's going to keep ramping up yeah we'll see one can hope that it's going to calm one down can hope yeah <laughs> <laughs> i wish facebook would just oh my god i just been hating this out on facebook so but yeah. where are we at on time you know we're we stretch it out here up to 90 minutes <laughs> Well, we slowed it down today. It was the slow roll today. Yeah, I guess so. So yeah. we tried to get Rob Walsh on, but he's doing basketball coaching. So we may have to wait to ask after basketball season to get Rob on. Yeah. This 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 would have been a good episode to have him on. I I, I kind of I kind of miss his perspectives on uh, what's happening in the medium right now. Right. Also, just as a, oh by the way, Apple did approve. Um, 
the Let's Encrypt RSS feed. This is a real cheap way for a podcaster to get an SSL certificate. Apple has also made a mention that they are going to, at some point, don't get freaked out, at some point they're going to require HTTPS for your website and feed, not necessarily your media. But uh, the way we're approaching it is, uh, and what we'll start rolling out is if a website has, if the podcaster's website is HTTPS, um, then we'll make their feed, or their media URL HTTPS. We're not going to just force everyone into HTTPS for the uh, media feed. It'll be a, as you add HTTPS to your site, we will automatically detect that and, and make the switch. But uh, that, we got to, basically program that to make it happen so you guys gonna gonna help uh podcasters through your platform kind of understand what it takes to get a ssl certificate on their on their website well i i probably you know, probably a good idea but you know doing an ssl certificate is so every site is so different yeah it is you well, know? it depends on their their hosting platform yeah if, if you're hosting with us and using proper sites you're going to get it automatically but if you're on um, GoDaddy or if you're on Bluehost or something like that, you're going to have to go to your provider and figure out how to put that SSL certificate in through your your hosting interface. So that, uh, you know, and the Let's Encrypt way is a real cheap way to, to make that happen. You know, um, and I also think that um, th- this is was smart by Apple to do this. Um, and of course, Google is starting to set flags now that if your site oh, isn't yeah. already HTTPS, then it gets a lower search result. Yeah, you're going to be lower in the ranking. And it's being done for security reasons. Yeah. If you're not, yeah. Yeah. not knowing why this change happened, it's just, it's just another layer of security and um, makes it a little more difficult for somebody to to do something nefarious. And you're definitely going to have to ask, you know, if you're on Libsyn or if you're on uh, Podbean where you have no control of your website, you'll have to ask them uh, when they're going to implement it so that you can have a, a an HTTPS website on their site. So I'm sure they've got something planned. It's, you know, this, this Let's Encrypt, it really allows, any, you know, anyone could have put an SSL certificate on their site for a long time. It's just free with Let's Encrypt, so. Yeah. And that's a big, you know, they don't have to pay 50 bucks a year for it. Yeah. All right. Speaker's, yeah. Uh, speaker's been using, you know, encrypted um, uh, methods for a long time here. So but this is, you, is not a uh, big big is, thing. Is all your podcaster sites available on HTTPS then already? Uh, all of our sites, yeah, are actually run on that. Uh, yes, um, I'm looking r- right now to make sure that our our feeds. Let's see, our feeds are. I don't know. That I'm still feeds, running it. You know, my feed will come up as HTTPS, but I'm still pointing it as you know most stuff to it, just a regular HTTP feed. I believe, yeah. I'm just looking right now, and it looks like that our 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 feeds are not um, not encrypted yet. Yeah, but that would be a pretty minor change for us. Yeah, it all depends on how you guys code them out for you know the URL. If each URL is really unique, then it gets expensive. But this is why Let's Encrypt makes it. it 
you know, because it's free, you can roll out to multiple yeah. domains and subdomains easy. Yeah. So we knew they were doing it, but they announced it. And but yeah, they, there's some other little gotchas in their uh, in their announcement as well. So read through that. It's it's got some interesting. You know, it talks about uh, you know, the rule set that they use for the iOS podcasting app. We've always kind of come up with our own formula, but they've actually published the true formula on when it stops downloading, when it stops updating. All that stuff is in that latest announcement. Mm-hmm. So, cool. All yeah. right. So anyway, you, All folks, right, sir. you folks can reach me at Geek News or at Blueberry. Of course, you can uh, email me, geeknews at gmail.com. Rob? Uh, Rob at uh, Spreaker.com or Rob at RobGreenlee.com. I'm on Twitter at RobGreenlee and at RobGreenlee.com. So, so lots of places. So make sure you're subscribed to Rob's other podcast, which is? Spreaker Live Show at SpreakerLiveShow.com. It's actually live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific, uh, 6 p.m. Eastern from SpreakerLiveShow.com. And, of course, on our side, uh, the uh, uh, Power Press podcast or my personal tech show, Geek News Central. So, everyone, thanks for being here. Look forward to being back with you next week. And uh, we'll see what kind of uh, email response we get from today's show. Everyone, take care. (laughs) We'll see you next time here on the new media show. Bye.